All right. Well, here we go, guys. We got another Wacky World podcast, and I'm pleased to have David Lengard from Cecilia Health. He's the founder, the executive chairman, all around good guy, type one, triathlete. What else are you? Tell the folks at home your journey. Journey like a lot of us on this call. Very surprised when I walked into a doctor's office at the age of 36, 30 pounds lighter than I expected, and not, no energy and stuff. On, you know, on the scale, the doctor said, hey, you have type 1 diabetes. I had no idea what he was talking about because I have no diabetes in my family. It began a journey for me that in the end really has really given me a, a passion for helping people. And thankfully, we've done that. So I went looking for help and was fortunate to find a great diabetes educator, a nurse named Cecilia, who fit me into her overbook schedule and gave me the personalized support, education, compassion that I needed at that time. And at the time I was with Microsoft doing business development and I didn't understand why there weren't enough of these great educators and why we're not using technology to scale these educators. And that's where I had the idea for what's now Cecilia Health, formerly fit for d and left Microsoft to found the company. Went back to thank Cecilia a few years ago for her inspiration and to tell her that because of her, we've helped hundreds of thousands of people and found out she had passed away from cancer. And so it was really an emotional moment, but we decided to honor her memory and rename the company from fit for d to Cecilia Health. And we found her son who lives down south with his family and flew him into New York and told them the story. And it's, it's just an amazing inspiration that she passed on. And because of her, we've helped so many people. Now, now let's go back. I'm not asking you to reveal your age, but when you were first diagnosed, what were you on back then? What was your what was your regimen? Yeah, for about six, eight months, I was on a long acting and a short acting insulin. And then I began using insulin pumps, which are primitive by today's standards. But Do you remember the first pump you were on? It was a Medtronic pump. Yeah, really old one. Probably a 508, I would guess. Yeah, but I've, I found that was really helpful for me, despite being an athlete, triathlete like you, just having that thing clipped to my shorts, that's my least favorite part of it. But the, the good part of it is I had better blood sugar control due to pumping. Now, I'm assuming, like me, that was way before the days of CGM, you're probably sticking your fingers 8, 10, 12 times a day. I did an Ironman triathlon three years after I was diagnosed and raised a huge amount of money for, for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And that was a big, I mean, I took a few steps before that, but for that, I was testing my blood sugar more closer to 15 times a day. And I had a meter mounted between my aero bars on the bike. It ended up that day, it was in Lake Placid. It rained the whole day, which not only made the race harder, but I didn't of all the simulations and plans, I didn't really realize what do I do? How do I drive my fingers to test my blood sugar? You know, so I somehow got through that and I had a spare meter in my bike bag, finished the race, which was amazing. And then been doing a lot of triathlons and other races since then. Now, back then, were you, were you tracking like all these different things on a spreadsheet or? Yeah, I have, again, that's one of the benefits of initially working with a diabetes educator like Cecilia and one or two others that I talked about talk back then, I now have a hundred page Word document that really has a table in it with all my workouts and my food regimen. I really just add now the races that, you know, when I do a race, you know, how it went and what, what I did and 
exactly what happened, but I could go back to the training. So like now it's starting to warm up in New York and I'm starting to ride outside again. I literally just go back to last year's notes on, you know, the 65 mile bike ride routine and the run afterwards, the brick workout. And I just do the same thing. And I, I figured out how to do that. And I think that's one of the secrets that makes life with diabetes better is if you can write this stuff down at least a few times and tinker with it. You don't have to keep doing it forever, but have a reference. Then you don't have to try to remember every year or every cycle. Or if you go have a certain dinner, you can just look up what, what how do you handle that dinner? And that's made it a lot better for me. Now, I'm, I'm assuming now that you're a CGM user. Yes. Okay. And how has that changed your training, life, et cetera? Uh, it's definitely amazing technology that's liberated me in a lot of ways. Having said that, I think there needs to be ways to go. I, I personally find some of the automatic stuff not working because the insulin are too slows for me. So the I rise too high with the volume of food I eat due to training. And so I think it's it's not only on the manufacturing side of CGM and it's not only with these algorithms, but also the insulins need to be evolved. So I think so much better than when I was diagnosed and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way like you and others, but we have a ways to for me to really just kind of turn over automatic to it. I can't do it, it doesn't work for me right now. So, okay, so this journey led you to Cecilia. Tell people in a kind of a nutshell, what is it you do? So for two group, we have two groups of clients. Some are pharmaceutical and medical device companies where we work with them and, and the patients to help the patients initiate and persist on their medication or device. Unfortunately, 50% of the people with diabetes don't take their medication regularly or don't even start it. And that's, so this is a huge benefit to helping patients. And of course, for the pharmaceutical and device companies, our other group of clients are health plans and large provider groups where we're basically doing the proactive, deep engagement with patients to teach them to scale the education, scale the behavioral work, provide mental health support, provide you know nutrition, food, exercise, like help them lower their A1C, which is an average blood sugar measure, and improve quality of care. There's other quality measures like well, they've had an eye exam, a foot exam, and there's a lot of other things you have to do with diabetes. So really helping people in their own language and their own schedule in a very personal way that's all about them and bringing an expert clinician to that engagement, the same one over and over and over. So people don't have to repeat it over and over. So explain how, in a way, you know, because there's this whole world of digital diabetes out there and everybody's got a little bit different way of doing it. Some are like if you look at like a Livongo, maybe perhaps an Unduo, it's more of a virtual experience where it's quote unquote algorithm driven, whereas you, maybe you can explain how Cecilia is a little bit more human driven. Absolutely. So a lot of the digital health apps out there, they operate by, they're made available to people with diabetes and the people can download it, they can use it or not use it. And it's great. You know, the industry is helping people the reality is, though, m most of the people with diabetes don't know where to start. They're overwhelmed. You know, no one likes having diabetes. It's a job they don't want. So will they download the app in the first place? Even if they download it, will they use it? Will they test their blood sugar? 
we found that a very small percent, less than 10%, actually what we call the hand raisers, do that on their own. So what we do that's different is we, as you mentioned, the human element, we leverage an expert diabetes clinician. So these are you know clinicians who really understand the devices, who really understand diabetes, and of course, they're nurses, dietitians, or pharmacists, and they proactively reach out to patients. So you get a call and you say, okay, I'm calling you on behalf of Blue Cross X, and I'm your personal diabetes coach, and I'm here with you for the, let's say, the next year, whatever the time is. Now, now suddenly it becomes interesting. What's going on? Well, people are more likely to open up when they hear that, okay, this person is not a call center. They're going to be around. And I only have to tell my story once. They're willing to understand. They're speaking in my language. They understand, you know, my socioeconomic factors. You know what? I'm having a problem with depression and COVID. Like I just, I've been alone all week. If we talk to someone in the Medicare space, probably this might've been the one call that they've gotten all week. So we have to get through that. How do you get your meds through? There's so many tactical things to work through. Now, along the way, we'll, we'll use technology to communicate. So to scale, some people, when they get through cadence of calls, can reinforce through texting, through email, through other video chat. So we'll use a lot of different technologies, whatever works for the people. And what a, that's the way we scale, is to use technology to communicate and really to make sure we're improving outcomes because we're engaging the people who are the most costly because they're not used to doing anything. Prior to your engagement, I'm assuming you know a little bit about the patient. You probably have some kind of profile. It's a process more of like developing an action plan and then making sure they follow through on that action plan? Well, the, f the first part to your point about the data, we'll segment the population based on those with the poorest outcomes, the ones who we could help the most, and we'll start there. Then the second thing is finding out what they need because they're not going to follow a diabetes program until what their number one issue is, their stock is being addressed. And it might be like, you know what, I don't have money to buy healthy food and I just need to problem solve it. Or I can't exercise because my neighborhood is dangerous and I, I don't even know where to go. Like there's usually something that's going on or I'm so lonely, I can't even think about diabetes or I got cardiovascular problems, diabetes is number two. So you gotta help them first with where they're stuck and that's definitely an expert clinician to patient personalized interaction. Once you get through that, then it's, where do you see yourself? What are your goals? What's gonna hold you accountable? Some people may say, you know what? I really wanna be around for my children or grandchildren, whatever it is that, that's gonna be for them. And then there's a lot of diabetes misinformation out there. People pick things up online from neighbors. They So educating them properly on, okay, this is what a carb is. This is why you need to test your blood sugar. Like the basics, most people, the doctor told you to take this medication. Do you understand how to do that? Do you understand you have a reminder to take the pill every day? Do you understand how the needle fits on the insulin pen? Help doing a video chat if necessary and showing that. We, we had one person who said, I'm taking my insulin every day, just as the doctor prescribed. But as we drilled down, we found out that meant three days a week when the home health aide showed up at the house to inject that person. So it takes that discovery and engagement to figure that out. And then we could create a big positive outcome. Now you, you work with health plan and, and device makers. You recently signed a deal with uh, LifeScan. And can you tell us what that's all about? Right. So there really is an optimized mix between 
this proactive engagement, and then at some point being able to leverage apps and other technology like that. And what's nice about the partnership with LifeScan, it's the best of both worlds. They are the number one manufacturer distributor of, of meters in the world. They have a great product, a great team, a great culture and energy. And what they're missing is the proactive outreach, just like we just talked about. They're missing a scalable way to proactively get their patients initiated and persistent. Just because somebody goes and gets a meter in a drugstore or shipped to them, doesn't mean they're actually going to test their blood sugar. And they may do it for a week and then stop. And if they don't have that accountability, if they don't understand why, and most importantly, if they don't understand what the numbers mean, oh, my number came back at 145. What does that mean? Next day it comes back at 180. What does that mean? Or 90. What does that mean? What do I do? And so there's a lot of education coaching that, you know, if somebody was going to take off from work or however they have to juggle their schedule to constantly go to the doctor's office to to appointment with the, the doctor doesn't have time. So with their clinician on staff, it would be endless. This way we could fit into their life. It could be in the evening when the kids are in bed and they can, you know, we help them through that. Now, obviously everybody knows this is a business and I know you have big plans for the company. Can you tell us I'm sure you talk to potential investors. Can you tell us what they, what their misconceptions are about how this whole digital space really works? Yeah, it's interesting. So a lot of investors think, just like other people, that the app is a solution. Put out an app and it'll solve anything. So the conversation we just had is really important for savvy investors to understand. When I talk to chief medical officers of health plans across the country, And actually, before COVID, diabetes was the number two priority for chief medical officers of health plans nationwide. So it's a big cost problem. One out of four Americans that are seniors have diabetes. It's just one out of three Americans in total are supposed to have diabetes by the year 2030. The costs are out of control, and everybody's trying to figure out how to solve for it. So to your question about the investors, they don't understand the magnitude of this, number one. They don't understand that an app doesn't solve for the majority of the patients and the complex patients, the comorbidities. And lastly, they really, when you look at the country, most people are in rural areas and they need some form of telemedicine. You know, there's only 6,000 endocrinologists in the whole country for 34 million people with diabetes. There's a limited number of these diabetes expert clinicians. So are people going to travel if you're, you know, a day to an expert for a one-hour appointment. So there's so many things that, that are just kind of clicking in, especially reinforced by COVID, that investors are learning. And, and we enjoy talking to the investors who have taken the time to learn about diabetes because it's, it's such a different conversation. It's like, wow, what a big problem that's getting much worse and only accelerated by COVID. And everybody's just solving this small piece of it, and you're trying to go big. And I'll close by saying, before Lavango got acquired by Teladoc, in their public quarterly earnings, they had a slide that showed that even with their size, they were you know, the highest growth and highest profile company, that they had less than 1% of the market. So if you imagine just how many people need help and what the size of the opportunity is, it's significant. So looking at that, Tell us about where you see the company going. What's what's next? We've been delivering a version of telemedicine for a lot of years. The whole the whole flavor of Cecilia is all virtual. And then we invested in building the next generation of that, what we call the virtual diabetes and mental health clinic, where 
we not only do the coaching between clinicians, as I described, and the patient, but we have a virtual network of endocrinologists that can prescribe and titrate so that if the clinicians find out that there should be a medication adjustment to get the patient's blood sugar under control, we could do that whole thing. And we could be that expert reference provider for the primary care physicians who frankly don't have time or probably don't have the majority of them don't have the subject matter expertise deep in diabetes to understand an insulin pump or a sensor, all this stuff. They can help with the basics. So we, we can actually be a provider now nationally across the U.S., and that's, that's a big part of the next generation of telemedicine. So while the teledocs of the world and the doctor on demand and others provide acute care, horizontal care, you know, I'm sick, I fell, whatever, help me. This is vertical diabetes care. So I'm living in Arkansas and I'm three hours from my doctor who's going to help me with this. Guess what? I could do this from home or I'm locked in my home because of COVID or whatever, or I... I'm a child and then I go to college and then I got married and then I moved to another state. I have the same care team. Doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about geography anymore. And so that's really where we're evolving to. So obviously that's going to require capital. So do you have any plans maybe perhaps to go public or, you know, do a fundraising round? How's that going to work? Yeah, so we've been growing really nicely the last few years, and we've raised round two rounds of capital that have finished with a Series B. And I expect that probably toward the end of this year, we'll do another one. Stay tuned on that. But for us, it's all about growth now. It's like with less than 1% below Vango and the, the crisis we have in this country, let alone the world, it's all about how much can we scale to help people as fast as we can. Well, you must be running into a highly competitive environment, though. You know, everybody talks about Lavargo, but they're not the only ones. You know, obviously, you've got, you know, United Health is uh, big in this now. Uh, you've got Unduo, which is backed by Google, you know, barely Google, whatever. You've got OneDrop, you've got MyDario, you've got, I went to Vitra, whatever it's called. There's so many of these things. How is, given the competitive environment and the move towards what I call at risk contracting, How's that impacting you? Right. So the, fir- the first part of the, the answer to that question is around results. So Cecilia Health Programs work. There's a, the Validation Institute quoted us. We're one of only two diabetes companies willing to measure outcomes validity. We've demonstrated that we've reduced the number of unhealthy days per month by 20%. That's a CDC metric. We've saved on average close to $3,000 per employee in healthcare cost. And on, de- on drug compliance, we've gotten people to improve. They take their pills, take their insulin, take their GLP-1s. We got them using their drugs, using their devices. The second part of the question is you know, more about the competitive landscape that we're seeing. And number one, the chief medical officers want the results that we just talked about. But they also realize that there's beginning to be app fatigue. You know, it's like, okay, I put the app in because it was easy, you know, easy for me to roll out. But you know what? My costs are the same and they're getting worse. So have I really solved the problem? And so we've came our proactive approach at where we could use the app. You know, the app is fine at a certain point of the education cycle and patient engagement cycle. We're finding a significant opportunity to and a re- receptive receptivity to, okay, we remember we're people. And, you know, anything COVID came back and reinforced the need for telemedicine and personalized care. 
And so we're really seeing that in the market today compared to all the others. And, you know, really to end it, there's enough room in the market for everybody to help in whatever way it is. And that's our goal. Everybody can get a big piece of it and be successful. That's fine. But we are different because we're the only company that's figured out how to scale the human touch using technology. Well, that's a great note to end on. And David, I appreciate you being here. Wish you a lot of luck. We'll keep our, I'll keep my readers informed when you're getting ready to raise some more money. <laughs> awesome. David, it was really a pleasure. And thank you for your time today.